0: This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries with our spoiler filled discussion on Spider Man No Way Home.
1: Can't believe I'm in the Sanctum Sanctorum.
0: Peter
2: can I.
1: So, how did you know you were made of magic? Because my, my nana says that we have it in our family, and sometimes I get these tinglings in my hands. You should talk to your physician. Peter!
2: Hey! 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 hey. hey. I'm so sorry for dragging you in. this. You just gotta help me find these guys.
1: You, you don't have to apologize, okay? You got us a second shot at MIT. So, uh, how did the bad guys get here?
2: You screwed up a spell trying to get you into college.
1: Wait, what? I thought you it was an MIT lady you saved. Uh, no, that was after. Listen,
2: let's just focus on the good news, okay? No,
1: let's just focus on the bad news. As of now, you have detected zero multiversal trespassers, so get on your phones, scour the internet, and scooby-doo this You're shit. telling us what to do, even though all this is kind of your mess. You know, I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please.
0: Welcome back, fellow movers. This is Movies on TV <laughs> Podcast Industries, and we're spoiler-filled chatting, discussing in-depth Spider-Man No Way Home. I am one of your hosts, Chris.
2: Yes, get out now if you haven't watched it, get out now. It's going to be spoiler-filled. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Yes, welcome back,
3: fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Ooh, it's feeling like a Defenders kind
2: of week this week, isn't it? Oh, it it is. Certainly <laughs> is. We weren't allowed to spoil this on our podcast for Hawkeye. I made you guys not spoil I know. this on our podcast about Hawkeye. But oh my god, it's a week of awesome <sighs> Defenders type appearances. Awesome. awesome stuff. Awesome stuff.
0: It is. So, again, final warning if you have not watched Spider Man No Way Home, turn off the podcast, mm-hmm. go watch it. We'll wait
3: well look first as well I am convinced my memory is not what it's used to be so whether I can even recall anything since uh, Tuesday mm. um, I, I have no idea
0: oh that's fine Don't but worry. hold on let's just give this give everyone five seconds to go and then five four three two one welcome back fellow defenders we hope you enjoyed the film mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get into it because <laughs> ah, are, we are we excited? Are we excited? We certainly
3: are. We certainly are.
0: I didn't know what was going to happen in this film. Yeah. I went in going, okay, I at a certain point, I stopped watching all the trailers. I think I watched the, the main two trailers that came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the additional TV spots. Um, I couldn't because they were just slowly giving away more and more and more and more and yeah. more. And I was like, I want to go in somewhat fresh. We knew the rumours. We had heard the rumours that there were going to be additional spider man and additional villains. And who knew what? There was rumours that someone major would die. There was rumours. All these additional... kind of, And at a certain point, I just... Stopped. I
2: turned off. You know, more than anything else we've covered, any movie, any Marvel movie that we've covered, any Marvel TV show, any of the TV shows we've covered, this is the one that feels like there was more stuff thrown at the wall to decide what was going to be in this movie that the rumors that were actually, that turned out to actually be true still surprised me because yeah. so yeah, much had been talked about that was going to appear in this movie that it couldn't possibly fit into the runtime, no matter how long it was that I was going. I don't even know which ones are true, which ones could possibly be true. So I was still surprised to be on there.
3: Definitely. I had multiple clenched fists and yes mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in in the cinema over this. And some of the stuff, like, I knew there was the talk of, you know, the alternate Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, coming in. But at the same time, it was still a really pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. So it was just really good. I loved yeah. it.
2: This yep. this movie for me was awesome. It was great. Yeah. It was really yeah. good. And a huge thanks to Saudi Pictures Ireland. We're not sponsored uh, by them, but they did give us uh, access yes. to the premiere. Uh, we were able to go on Tuesday night in Ireland, as John mentioned earlier on. The reason why I'm, I'm going to say a huge thanks is because this is one of the biggest weeks we've had on TV podcast industries because we're covering Hawkeye episode five this week. We're covering the, the uh, penultimate episode of, of Wheel of Time. And got to go to the cinema and go see Spider Man with all three of us, which was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Like that's a massive amount of of stuff, and we've also filled in recording podcasts about each of those shows as well. So, uh, so huge thanks to Sony for being able to uh, allow us to go and see it early, and which which has allowed us to do the podcast about it. Basically,
0: I have no idea
2: how we'd be able to do that before Christmas.
0: (laughs) It was, and so those for those who are listening, we're recording on the Mm seventeenth. This has been a great. We all still have full time jobs. Yeah. Plus all this other stuff, plus the podcast, plus just actually watching the content. It has been bonkers, but this one was kind of worth it.
2: It certainly was and one final thing I've been doing the maths this week do you know this is our 100th podcast of this year <laughs> Oh god yes! yes
3: there you go I um, need a whiskey then I think <laughs> I, I forget the
2: pub quiz mm-hmm. I just need to go to the pub I think We are state. literally
0: triple figures folks triple yeah. figures Cuz the first
2: year we've hit 100 podcasts we did 80 That's podcasts in, in 2019 82 podcasts uh, last year and that was the year of the pandemic remember uh, we done 20 more podcasts in this year in God. 2021 than we've done uh, in previous uh. years so uh, happy 100th podcast of 2021 and happy 628th podcast of of all time for T V <laughs>
4: uh. it has to be
2: more than that 600 was last year wasn't it we did 600 during the middle of this year
3: Oh, okay. Time my,
0: okay. is a flat circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fellow
3: Defenders, I will be of absolutely no use on this podcast because, yes, my memory has gone bomb. It'll be all good. It'll be
0: all good. But let's go test John's memory because <laughs> I want to go in and talk about this film. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the synopsis, but Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what with this movie, Spider-Man? No Way Home.
2: Absolutely returning once again for his third go at Spider-Man. John Watts returns. Uh, This is the third one in this series of Spider-Man, of course. Uh, The 27th MCU movie as well. Uh, This movie was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. Uh, Both had writing credits on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Both also had writing credits on the screenplay for Homecoming and were the writers on Spider-Man Far From Home. But remember, this is a large team that's involved in the Spider-Man team, so there are more writing credits, uh, but those are the two main ones. And uh, applicable to old Spider-Man movies so uh, great to have them back in here can I quickly just run through some of the cast for this movie as our first spoiler <laughs> <for> once, once, <laughs> coming up. Uh, once again returning the main triumvirate of this of these movie series we've got Tom Holland returning as Peter Parker Zendaya wonderfully returning as MJ and Jacob Battle and once again returning as Ned in a great role uh, we have Benedict Cumberbatch coming Woo-hoo! on board in here Benedict Wong coming Woo-hoo! on board as Wong uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May John Favreau as Happy Hogan we have Jamie Fox as Max Dillon or Electro uh, Alfred Molina as Otto Octavius Willem Dafoe returning as Norman Osborn J.K. Simmons Ooh. as J. Jonah Jameson, and Gora Rice as Betty Brandt in a blink and you'll miss it but excellent yep. cameo and Tony Revolori with a dyed haircut as Flash Thompson as well and we did see a little bit of Mr. Harrington and Mr. Dell uh, Martin Starr returning as Mr. Harrington and J.B. Schmoove returning as Mr. Dell in the school, uh, creating their um, homage to Spider-Man in there as well.
0: And the coach. <laughs> yes. So with all of those amazing people and many more, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a bit, John, do you want to tell us what these titans of the industry gave us with your synopsis? <laughs>
2: That's Chris spoiling how much you like this
3: movie right there. Slightly. Sure. His identity revealed Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, and MJ try to escape the glare of the media spotlight and J. Jonah Jameson. Pursued by the Department of Damage Control, not even the help from his lawyer, Matt Murdock, can ease the intrusion of the identity of Spider-Man. As it begins to affect the futures of Peter, MJ and Ned when their university applications to MIT are rejected because of the controversy, Peter asks Dr. Stephen Strange if he can help. A spell exists that may be the answer to Peter's problems. Deep in the Sanctum Santorum and despite Wong's warnings, Dr. Strange casts a spell that will make people forget Peter is Spider-Man. But it is a tricky and dangerous spell, skirting the boundaries of reality. As Strange begins casting, Peter keeps requesting alterations to the spell which causes it to become corrupted and run out of control. While Strange manages to contain the failing spell, weird things begin to happen in New York City, and they all appear to be focused on Spider-Man. As Peter tries to convince an MIT administrator to accept Ned's and MJ's applications, he is suddenly attacked by Doc Ock, aka Otto Octavius, who he manages to disarm, and then by the Green Goblin who manages to escape. He brings Doc Ock back to the Sanctum where he is placed in a holding cell next to Kirk Connors in his lizard form. But both adversaries don't recognise this world's Peter Parker. Doctor Strange reveals that the spell has begun bringing visitors from the multiverse who know that Peter is Spider-Man into their world. Armed with this knowledge, and with the help of MJ and Ned, Peter decides to help capture any other possible visitors. Spider-Man manages to find and capture Electro, aka Max Dillon, and Flint Marco still in his Sandman form. While Peter wants to save Doc Ock, Electro, Sandman and Lizard, Doctor Strange believes they should be returned to their universe to meet their fate. But with Peter's greatest adversary, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin still at large, Norman uses his split personality and Peter's desire to help others for his own ends, trashing Peter's plan and unleashing tragic events for Peter Parker. With Aunt May killed and Peter desolate, MJ and Ned rally to help releasing Doctor Strange from the Mirror Dimension and recruiting two friendly neighbourhood visitors to his aid as they face off against his enemies at the Statue of Liberty. In the final battle, the Spider-Men manage to cure their villains. At Peter's request, Strange fixes the spell, sending the alternate Spider-Men and their villains back to their universes while making everyone forget Peter's existence.
2: what What a sad ending. I know. Uh, for for Peter, but what a ride of a movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Definitely.
0: What a film. And I know I, it's one of the tough ones. I, I, I'm going to try to withhold, and I will speak critically of it in certain parts, but critical eye just knowing, going in, this has this had nostalgia. This had... Class character, good writing, the MCU Kevin Feige touch, and a kitchen sink for good measure. Mm-hmm. And it was coherent. And it wasn't a complete mess.
2: Exactly. Like,
0: yeah. I on a, with all the rumors we had yeah. heard, and even just rereading, listening to that synopsis, you go, there's no way that film works. It's just so much going on mm-hmm. over the course of two and a half hours. But it does... Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I I had tears, mm-hmm. I had whoops. I well, I, I so uh, for any of our American listeners in the cinemas in Ireland, you don't really get the claps or the whoops or the jeers or the hoorays or the boos or anything like that. It's nope. very that in <laughs> Ireland, it's you kind of watch the film. I nearly wanted to punch the air apart. I nearly mm-hmm. wanted to go, oh, my God. Like, literally, OMG. This. That's one it of just...
2: Spider-Man's villains, the air. Uh, that's why yes. you just watched the punch <laughs> <him>. <laughs> it was
0: uh, It was. It's the blue air. Uh, but anyway, look, let's get into our multiversal adventure. So, since this is that, instead of our usual top five, we're going to do it by incursions. Uh, so, the first incursion is... Basically, the ending, we move directly from the end of Far From Home Mm -hmm. straight into No Way Home. Yes. With our first point, which is essentially that it is Spider-Man is revealed and Strange is a bit strange. And has a spell. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it was interesting. I was looking back on the on the three movies that are that have been out for Spider Man, and isn't it really interesting? We've said before, Chris, you are the Spider Man fan, but in the yes. MCU, you are a fan of Iron Man. And in the first yes. movie, it was Spider Man and Iron Man. The second movie, I've said many times before, I'm the Nick Fury fan. Second movie was Spider Man with Nick Fury, and then this movie comes out, and it is John, the biggest Doctor Strange fan uh, that I know in the world, let alone just in the podcast. And this movie is Spider Man and Doctor Strange. Um, like, are are they aiming it at Defenders TV podcast as it was? Pretty it at much, at I think TV so. Industries. Um, like it, it, the obviously kickoff of this is directly leading from the end of of the last movie. What is the impact if everyone in the world knows your name? Which I think is a nice meta commentary on Tom Holland himself. He's now at that point where he is so famous he can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um himself and Zendaya are together as a couple in real life and they are constantly hounded by the press all the time and I like that they've been able to incorporate his life into the into the movie a little bit like I don't think it's as bad as what happens to (laughs) Spider-Man to be honest but I love that they've been able to to show that impact before taking some comic book uh, action to correct it I suppose.
0: And I think that's also part of the initial kind of initial homecoming was we don't know if There's always the discussion, which we're not sure Spider-Man can hold his own completely just yet in the MCU. So Mm -hmm. let's keep him with Iron Man. Let's keep that connection going based on Civil War. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. And number two, with Nick Fury, they started leaning more into the comic book. Okay, what would happen in this situation? Well, if this was in the comic book, you would have S.H.I.E.L.D. So just bring in the S.H.I.E.L.D. folks.
2: Exactly, and I think that was the uh, the last uh, cartoon iteration. The last uh, animated uh, cartoon iteration of Spider Man was with him working with Shield. He was working yes. with Coulson and working with Nick Fury quite regularly. So, yeah, yeah so that connection for younger viewers is already established in, in cartoons. Yeah,
0: this is being pulled from multiple kind of places as sources, which we They yeah. always do. Yes. So, like happy birthday! One more day, and a few, a uh, couple of others, and definitely, um, and in those comic books. You do have Peter Parker going. This is an issue. Do you know what? I'm going to go to Strange. Do you know what? I'm going to go here. Like because we have that MCU set up, and like no one, pretty sure no one was watching this film. Goes, who's that guy with the cape?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when we're, I think we're now at a part in cultural phenomenon of the MCU where. Most people know Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange, and if they haven't seen him in Doctor Strange, they've probably seen him in the Avengers. At the end, they or they put like the, like th- he's connected enough that people are like, "Oh yeah," not like who's that guy flying through the air and why is he moving his hands? Exactly,
3: yeah, definitely.
0: So now we can, and that's always been the way with comic books. Like, pretty sure even if you, I did not read Strange for years. Mm-hmm. I knew who Dr. Strange was. Exactly.
2: exactly. So
0: we're at that situation. So in here, seeing Spider-Man kind of go through all this and those first few scenes where he's trying to go to school, where he's getting home, where you basically have this, like, being pulled into the, the damage control, well, pulled into the police station or kind of, I think it's a police station with damage control, um, looking, kind of interrogating him. hmm um
2: definitely the police, definitely the police, yeah. absolutely. Um and I know we saw damage control back in Homecoming, that was where they were first introduced into the MCU, but uh but I think I thought they were more the construction company that fixed things up, but damage control may have expanded quite significantly. Well,
0: that yeah. that was the bit. That so theoretically damage control was always the guys that they were the government agent that came in and fixed things, mm-hmm. and make like there was a mess, they they kind of clean up the mess of yeah. superhero or yeah. supervillain kind of battles and things. Um, so this looks like they're going a bit further on the FBI CIA kind of level of things where they're kind of interrogating and doing stuff.
2: And remember, but, it's a comedy comic as well. Like that that the Damage Control comic books is yes. total comedy. It's uh, it, it, it is not treated as something serious to be pulled in by Damage Control. So
0: <laughs> no, and I think what we're seeing here is potentially potentially a version of we no longer have a shield in the universe we no longer have an agency that can look into this stuff hmm so here is an agency that can look into this exactly stuff. Yeah. potentially
3: I think that's all they were kind of there for really was that it, it was him it was Peter Parker being revealed as spider-man and it, it's then the consequences of the additional element that these drones that were part of Stark Tech and ultimately were commanded by Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So it was the damage. So I, I guess it's a bit like Interpol where I don't know someone in London went, We need damage control to come in and deal yeah. with that because yeah. they he, they basically took down historical monuments, I guess, in yeah. um in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. So It was all kind of leading, but I mean, it it is. It's basically it's that big moment of, or continuing that moment of his reveal. We're just bringing it back to you know where he goes to school, his his family life with Aunt May, Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess to some extent Happy Hogan, (laughs) and uh, and all of that. Again, for me on this bit, it just felt like a continuation of. of the second movie exactly. to some degree it, you know it expanded on it because it impacted mj and ned and, and all of that yeah. and I, I that's what was good about it is that because spider-man is that hero that wants to do good he, it is about his close to home ultimately about yeah. his neighborhood mm-hmm. and these are his closest friends and his girlfriends. so yeah. it, it's it's It is personal for Spider-Man, but it's personal in terms of how it's affecting others, because that is who Peter Parker is, who wants to help. And so that's what really sort of grabbed me. It it was, and it affected his his Aunt May. And so I thought this was really nice. It was really true to the character. And, of course, the other thing I'm going to pull from this, and I'm just going to get it off there and out there, is because... Um, it introduced us to Matt Murdoch <laughs> mm-hmm. in an MCU movie. Yep. Matt Murdoch, a.k.a. Daredevil, our first Defenders TV podcast um, Marvel character that we ever covered mm-hmm. from the Marvel Netflix. And I was so, so happy. I so wanted to talk about it on Hawkeye with Vincent uh, D'Onofrio's I've been practicing. Well done. Jack. Um Vincent D'Noffio's character, uh Kingpin and uh coming in there. Mm-hmm. Um and this was just so much more than that. It wasn't a yeah. fuzzy grain, it was Matt Murdoch, and I loved um I loved the fact that he caught the brick mid-air when mm-hmm. he was around their kitchen oh. table, and you could see Peter just looking at him kind of quizzically and he says. I'm a good lawyer. Like, quality. Loved it, loved it. One of my first big kind of... Clench fist yes moments yeah. uh, of this movie 100%. i was just
2: like so happy i was so, so excited to see uh th- to see charlie cox back in the role um that he made so much his own that kevin feige coming out and saying he will be our daredevil you'll see him sometime in the future i just wasn't expecting it i know i don't care about all the rumors i don't care how much i said i hope he's going to be in this movie i really was not expecting it until the no. moment they were brought in for interrogation and they said, I need a lawyer. And I went, Oh, please let this be my yeah. Murdock. <laughs> it's great to have that justified. And this, this movie is full of things for fans. This is absolutely something that is made for people who are fans of the MCU and of Spider-Man movies. It's made for them. I'm not too sure whether if you're not that invested in it, whether it's for you, because it is really paying off fan for fans to have fun that's really what it's all about and this is the first moment in the movie which just felt like this is for you guys you've hung around for four years looking for daredevil season four here you go here's matt burdock he's in the mcu
3: i was thinking you know from our hawkeye episode this week uh one of our you know very early supporters ronaldo who now also has his own podcast Mm -hmm. It said that his waters broke um, <laughs> with the arrival of Kingpin in Hawkeye. I'm expecting he will give birth, yeah. ultimately, with the arrival of Matt yes. Murdock. Yeah. Um, and who only knows what will happen when the Moon Knight TV show happens. But I'm, I'm again, I think this is just like, fantastic for people that loved uh, that Daredevil show mm-hmm. to see that. Um, and I again, it's, it just... Just really
2: nicely placed in in this uh, movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's bring it back a little bit to uh, Spider-Man itself as a movie because overall I love the flow that John Watts has, has given to these movies where, where we are, the first movie being about... The High School Experience, the second movie about about being your first trip abor- abroad with the school uh, experience. And this movie really focusing, and if you think about it, the central focus to this is the application to college for these yep. kids. They are, are all leaving. They're all breaking up. They're all, at the end of this year, going to be moving on from each other. Yes, MJ and Ned and Peter have made this pact to all try and apply to MIT so they can all stay together when they move off from high school into the future world, effectively. So it is all... Uh, so that is all the impact that's coming from the reveal of who Peter Parker yeah. is. This has impacted them completely personally. They've lost the opportunity to go to MIT because they've helped him out and they've been his guy in the chair and his girlfriend, uh, respectively. So I love that they've brought that back to a really close personal issue for Spider-Man. That's what, that's how he works so well in the comic books, and that's how he's worked so well on screen to always make it a personal issue for yeah. the character.
0: that is the thing about Spider-Man. It's It's heart-based kind of stories. So e- even any of the clone conspiracy ones, any of the things like that, it's all about direct linkages yeah. to Spider-Man. Yeah. Very, very few are Avengers-level threats. The Earth's going to be destroyed. It's all very friendly neighborhood. And as part of that, the neighborhood is also his family and this connections there. So yeah. keeping this was just... It was a it was a clever way to move the story to its own natural point, and exactly. that he's he's they all get he ultimate,
3: yeah he and he ultimately is a street level hero. I mean, yeah. I know he goes to space. I know he's worked for shield. He's gone beyond uh, Queens in New York, but it is you know it is that element that his starting
2: point is that that street-level exactly. hero, yeah. and and that's what's really good here. Exactly, um, and not only is that, the, is that the kind of impact that the reveal has had, that's also what, what knocks everything off its axis, effectively, because him going to Doctor Strange, because he's had that relationship with him from uh, the Avengers movies and from that experience fighting Thanos, him going to him asking for a spell to make everybody in the world forget his name, it's his love of the people that are around him that knocks everything off course. It's that he wants to make sure that MJ remembers that he's Spider-Man because that was a really tough week for him. And he wants to make sure that Aunt May remembers who he is because that was really tough. He doesn't want to go and do that again. He doesn't want to reveal to her again. That was really tough. Oh, but what about Ned, my best friend? Um, he also needs to remember all of that spilling out of Peter Parker because he's so concerned about that core family group that he has around him is what ruins the, ruins the spell that Doctor Strange is casting and kicks the world into a brand new multiverse, which, again, is really central to that Peter Parker character, everything being localized to him and his really person, really close family.
0: Yeah, no, and it was so much fun to see that whole part, where he's like, happy. No, I'm not particularly happy, but we can talk about this later. Just <laughs> all of these, like, yeah. again, this is where some of the writing comes in so... These guys, they, they nail the dialogue... Yeah. Of this.
1: Definitely. Um,
0: so before we actually jump into Strange, I have one very p- quick point. Um, they're tearing down Stark Industries. Now that, like, Iron Man's gone if for part of the MCU, like, the Stark, the legacy of Stark is kind of being worn away. Mm. Um, because here we see that based on Spider-Man's connection to... Um, Stark Industries and the the, these and Peter being left to the the drones and stuff. Like, huge raids and searches are happening with Stark. Like, Pepper Potts doesn't do anything, doesn't state anything. Happy's pulled in with a photo as Mm -hmm. chief of uh, security. Like, they're pulling, and I get it. We're at a point now we need to move beyond Stark Industries, so there will be potentially a Rand Industries, or another massive industries placed, put in its place.
2: Or, since we have... Armor Wars and Ironheart as TV shows coming up. Will they? Will there be a fight back to regain control of Stark Industries? Oh, there you go. That's why they're who, doing uh, this. Yeah, who have uh, some connection to the Iron Man armor, yep, but not Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, I was trying to. I was going. They're really not like they're pulling, and they're, but that that's why they're doing the. Everything's going to be destroyed and sold off, and then it's on Rhodey and to go off and pull everything back. There you are. Yeah. Anyway, now let's move on to the, the abracadabra in the room. <laughs> or actually, I should say the abracadabra in the... Is it Mephisto? Because he's he fires off fire and it's just ice everywhere. It has to be Mephisto. <laughs> no Mephistos Listen, here. No. no, it no. Yeah, it I was very happy with this. And actually, the best part is they changed... From what we had seen earlier, this scene, they had changed the introduction of Stephen Strange to Spider-Man or the reintroduction or the introduction of this film of Stephen Strange.
2: Absolutely. The speculation on YouTube and other podcasts and our own probably as well when people saw the trailer and Stephen Strange was acting the way he was. I think I even said it myself that he just doesn't feel like the Stephen Strange that was in Scott Derrickson's movie or in the Avengers movie. He has a playful attitude. He's a really overconfident, arrogant kind of character. And I absolutely didn't come across in the trailers. He seemed like somebody that was pushing the boundaries against his teacher or something. Um The fact that they... We're putting that out there in the trailers just to give you an, an idea of why things were going wrong. It makes total sense. The fact that it wasn't in the final movie, yes. and we do it does feel like the Stephen Strange we've seen in all the other movies is yes. fantastic. I'm so happy that Stephen Strange still feels like Doctor Strange.
3: Yeah, I mean, ultimately it, that was a red herring. I'm yeah. I'm really pleased they got rid of the wink um, and and the nudge and the nudge and the, they you know they changed the conversation. I mean, ultimately it was kind of the same. But they ultimately changed that conversation between Strange um, and Wong with Peter around this spell that, you know, you've effectively got Wong saying, don't cast it. And I guess there would be an arrogance there to say, well, wink, I'm going to do it anyway. But you know he, he 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 won't do stuff frivolously yeah. so it 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 just wouldn't make sense that and so i'm glad that ultimately whilst this spell was flags as well you've got to be careful with it because it it skirts these realities mm-hmm. uh, and and you know quite dark magic
4: yeah it
3: was it wasn't something that Wong said, don't do. He says, I'm just not going to be around for this or to do that because they'd used it before for other stuff. You know, there's yeah. great uh, like for a party in the Sanctum. So, yeah. you know, you kind of go do you remember the party in the Sanctum Wong?
2: No, exactly. So it was really good.
3: <laughs> yeah. Plus, then it, it kind of, you know, you were wondering, what does he mean that it, it's Peter's fault? So you were kind of um, sorry. What? You know, when Strange was saying, well, it's your fault. You didn't get that sense from the trailer. But I mean, in the movie, as you would expect, it, it has time to breathe and you have the full exactly. thing there in front of you. And so I just loved um Tom Holland kind of just interjecting all the time and um, saying, you know, what about MJ? What about Ned? What about Aunt May? Yeah. All this. I don't want them to forget me uh, in, in this way because they're important. And you see... Strange, sort of having to do another new thread of the spell to take into account this, where it gets way too much information and he can't contain it. And I mean, the effect of that was just great. I love that. And then having the the rings of that spell contained in a little mirror dimension, um, hexagonal, um, it was just lovely. Um, I thought it was really cool. The other thing I really want to, like, say on this is I am absolutely delighted that Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, yes. Big um, yeah. you know, it, That
2: is A big confirmation. That's yeah,
3: it, yeah, that is massive. And I think it's yeah. really, really important mm-hmm. because I love Stephen Strange and I think it shows a great evolution of the character to have Wong... As the Sorcerer Supreme, because he deserves to be that, yeah. and um, that was to me just um, beautiful and so understated, but so impactful for me. So um, hats off that, that that they've done that for me, um, yep. and I am I'm just. I really want to see a Wong movie quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I think that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Bounder Wong's cool. Awesome. Like Grills is cool, but Wong is cool. If you've listened to our Hawkeye podcast, you'll know what I mean. That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you haven't, you may not.
2: Yeah. Excellent. If not, go and go and listen to it. Yeah, but that, that this pretty much leads directly into Incursion number 2. This uh, this spell that's been cast by Doctor Strange and going completely off course leads into our villains. Um for for this movie, how they get over from one side of the multiverse to another. Do you want to talk about the villains that have been pulled in, Chris? These are the big villains that we've seen in previous Spider-Man movie.
0: This was just... It was such a clever way of doing it. So, we're... Everything's fine. Um, and it's basically, Strange goes, I'm assuming you spoke to the college first. Uh, and it was <laughs> yeah. like, no, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. my boy... So we
3: You've see, asked me to do this spell, and you haven't even picked up the phone. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I, I
0: love
2: that, again, it just speaks to Peter not knowing that as an adult, you can actually just call up other adults and go, how about you reconsider me? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're know? You an adult now. You can make those decisions.
0: Let's talk about this, yeah. like adults. Um, and that leads to the bridge, basically. Mm. Well, it leads to him calling Flash, uh, him having to agree that he is Flash's best friend. Mm a couple of bits of swinging around and he tells them that the college missions um, uh, point of contact uh, the person is on her way back to the airport uh, so he swings out to the bridge and upon getting there and introducing this woman and kind of having a, a quick discussion uh, and very Peter like before she even could say anything he just launches into tri- his tirade of why this is important and like, oh my god blah 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 we see his spidey tingle mm-hmm. I still hate they call it that but anyway the Peter anyway, tingle it's great the Peter tingle <laughs> um we get what would the you call it Chris? spider sense exactly yeah. it always will be spider sense uh but it's Doc Gawk Alfred Molina ladies and gentlemen um slightly de-aged oh yeah oh yeah like properly And it points throughout the film better than others.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure whether he left his house in England, to be honest. Um, There's nothing wrong with the de-aging and the CGI, but I'm not sure whether Alfred Molina was ever Yeah, like honestly, anything other than sitting in his chair at home and his face was was put onto a CGI model. (laughs) But it worked really well. It
0: did, and it did, like... I didn't get that at all, really? but anyway, really? there we go. Because he yeah, even, yeah.
2: even had the comic accurate haircut, and I'm not sure whether Alfred Molina would have uh, had that. Allowed haircut. them to do that, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, they definitely pulled. They definitely pulled it in. But we do get this quite intense, fun battle, mm-hmm. and we get the essentially the octopus arms pulling in the nanotech from the the suit, the advanced mm-hmm. suit, and merging with the nanotech, allowing. Peter to essentially take over and take control of yeah. the arms which,
3: disarm disarm um,
0: very, very cool yeah it's a nice way and allowing a very cocky Peter to literally go ah, ah, ah well, I've got this you can't do that absolutely um, and like basically gets the MIT bit overturned, which is the success the woman says, you're a hero, Peter. We're going to reconsider this. I will make everyone reconsider this. And your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you are going to MIT. And then... A fellow scientist, if you will... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns up. None other than William Defoe. We knew this was coming. We had seen the pumpkin bomb roll across the bridge... Um, in previous trailers. But that introduction...
3: But isn't that the thing which is I, I find fascinating? Because the, the introduction to these characters in a sense aren't the characters. It is the mechanical arm from Doc Ock, yeah, and that mechanical sound of it extending as it comes crashing into the the road surface, yeah, yeah. and it's the it's the view of the pumpkin bomb hitting and hitting the sound of it hitting and that sound of it kind of charging up to explode and you go, Oh, I know who we're going to get here. And it's just like, I mean, these two are just like absolutely my favorite. Um, And there's no, uh, it's nothing as such uh, related to Electro or Sandman Lizard, but I think in this movie these two are really, really good. Yep. Um, and you get that just purely from inert stuff. Um, yeah. It's really, really amazing. I love it.
0: That nostalgia is powerful. Man.
3: Definitely. And I mean, it, it's a real shame actually that, that the Lizard was as the Lizard um, in that form because I didn't, un- I didn't get the the voice actually. Because it didn't even sound like Reese Evans from mm. from the Amazing Spider Man movies. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, have they got him back? And and ultimately they, they had when he he was cured. But I kind of wish they had him phasing between being um Kurt and the lizard. Mm. And the same with Sandman, because it, it was simply um him as the Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a shame that it, because it, it felt like, I mean, and it's an interesting choice, isn't it? Because it's like, I guess it's cheaper now to do CGI of a sand person and a lizard person than have the actors on screen for that time. I'm guessing and um, that, that's, that's the that's the choice of it because I would have thought the opposite thing, but See, I just, I, don't, I don't
2: think that's the choice. I think simply look we will be completely honest. We're we're movie fans or MCU fans and Spider-Man fans. I think it's pretty clear for for most fans the number one Spider-Man live-action movie is Spider-Man 2, Alfred Molina's performance as Doc Ock is pretty much up there as one of the best villain performances in all of the MCU and definitely in Spider-Man. Yeah. And then I think Willem Dafoe playing the most iconic of Spider-Man villains is definitely up there as your other choice. You either like one of those two as your lead one. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man movies, we'll talk about them a little bit more as we get through the podcast, obviously, but the Amazing Spider-Man movies are a bit maligned with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, they're a little bit more maligned. People didn't like them as much as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies. So your lead villain in the first Amazing Spider-Man was Lizard. So, of course, he's going to appear in here in some form, but not as well known, I suppose. And then Electro was lead villain in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So he's going to appear in there. Sandman, in the most maligned of, I think, all five of them in in, uh, in Spider-Man 3. He was the kind of lead villain until Venom turned up in the uh, in that movie as well, and the other 25 villains that were in that movie. But that's the kind of order of preference, I suppose, for Spider-Man fans. They're the ones that people want to see on screen. You want to see Willem Dafoe back in Definitely. Screen Goblin. You want to see, uh, Alfred Molina back as Doc Ock. And then everybody else is, is great. But. What they did with Electro in this movie, giving Jamie Foxx this the role that they gave him in this movie, is also fantastic. Yeah. I love that they gave him so much more to do. And everybody really, I know that I know you're saying a lot of it was CGI for Sandman and Lizard, but everybody got their moment and everybody got something really good to do and a reason to be there. It wasn't that they just went, here's every single villain, let's stick them on screen. They gave everybody something Absolutely. really
3: good. Absolutely. No, to that's talk. that's not what I was saying. It was I just wanted I wanted the actor mm-hmm.
2: To be on the screen
3: as well yeah. to to recognize theirs. I I didn't think it detracted because you're right. Sandman, you know, had a lot in here. Certainly with the um sort of the the the, the capture of Electro, you have yeah. Sandman here, and um, it was more actually Lizard that probably got the rawest deal yeah. in terms of having been captured by Strange and put in the holding cell oh, and. Yeah. Basically, merged in with the cell walls because he's green and they were
2: kind of like <laughs> gray. So, it... I love the Zip of the Joker there from MJ and Ned going, I thought he was a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't <Yeah>. even <laughs> investigated who this character is at all. Um...
3: But that was the great thing about it because you know, we say things like much maligned and what have you, but isn't it great? It's like it's refreshing that the tongue in cheek element that Ned brings and with with MJ and with Tom Holland as Peter Parker here. They had the running joke with the names around uh, Doc Ock and Otto uh, Octavius, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they do the little snigger. And it actually, to me, you know, we say much maligned, but this then, it just felt like it brought them into the circle of love dare exactly. i say it and exactly. and i think that goes with probably uh, when we talk about incursion 3 so i i really like this and um, and i have to say green goblin was just perfect for me here and mm-hmm. um, i think William Defoe doing the split personality of Norman Osborn and just how that played out in this movie, how significant it was. Because, you know, I think there, there, there is a point with me where I was like, it's not that I wasn't liking the movie, but there was something where I was like, I'm not really connecting just yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... Everything that happened with the introduction, with the characters, and in particular with William Defoe um, squirming his way into um, the, I guess, the affections of Aunt May, and what yep. then transpires, and, and how ultimately ruthless this this villain of Spider Man's is, um, was just perfect, Absolutely. and yep. um, the. The whole scene in, in the apartment where you know, because Peter is trying to cure them as well. Again, really, to me, that felt really true to Peter's character yeah. and yeah. Spider-Man's character. I like that it caused the tension with, with Doctor Strange. You know, you get the astral plane thing, which is just, I'll never tire of that. The
0: Mirrorverse.
3: Um, you have the Mirrorverse, you have... All the bendy skyscrapers and everything that Scott Derrickson uh, introduced in Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. It was a real nice kind of ride as well. Absolutely. Um, Because at the time, the trailers were all thinking, who is this evil Doctor Strange? You know, or whatever. And so it was just really good. But I, I thought it all linked so nicely together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, no, for the for me everything about these villains, the introductions, the the, the rationale and the performances. Um Molina, Defoe, uh, and to a lesser extent, like the the rest of them. Like so initially for me, the 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 Toby Maguire trilogy are, are the ones that I grew up with. They, mm. were, they were my first oh my god Spider Mans mm. on screen. The Andrew Garfield ones, I still enjoyed. They're just... They're not as iconic. Mm -hmm. Um, From a villain perspective. I'm just saying from a villain perspective. Um, But the... the, How they use them throughout this film. In that they're all brought here and then the realisation that they're all dead in their own universes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that's how... We they create this r- fracture between Strange and Spider Man that, like, it is, yeah. Spider Man is like, well, also because of Aunt May, but it would play on his sensibilities. Yeah. I can't send them back to die. I have to try and at least attempt to save them. Yeah. All this leading further and further to the crush, crushing battle. Essentially, the crushing battle in in the the apartment block. Yeah. Which, for me, this was a moment I was never expecting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was
0: one of the first times I've seen Aunt May die. Yeah. On on screen, she's died in the comic books, and she's been bought back multiple times. Yeah. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a I saw her die once, and I thought, oh my god, they're killing, and she's off for. They told they told us it was forever. No one dies in comic books forever yeah. anymore, but. Yeah. On this lead, I was like, "They're never going to do it. They're not going to kill Melissa Tomei. They're not go- like she is. She's there at May, and they're gonna keep her there as this additional grounding rod for Peter. Yeah, like they'll figure something else. I, if anyone, I thought Ned was a gunner. I right. thought it was Ned, or, or if they were gonna kill MJ and introduce Gwen,
2: yeah, couldn't do it. No, no, couldn't do it.
0: So when you get to this." And you get this beautiful battle. Like, in that fight scene, like between Goblin and Electro and Doc Ock, curing Doc Ock, and everything in between. All of these for great, like, just this whole second act, culminating with the death of Aunt May. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the iteration of the origin of with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Coming from Aunt May in that but us hearing the birth of that from how that happens and also then playing back later to finding out yeah that was also probably something that that was something that she had heard from uncle ben maybe previously yeah, yeah. all of these things just crushing what who peter is yeah, yeah. because by the end of this film peter parker is not the man he was at the beginning of this film. Well, that's I it. I never will be. That's
3: it. Whatever about the stock industry Industries kind of being gradually picked apart. Yeah. Um this was the picking apart of Peter Parker. Yeah. Pickled per whatever it is. I mean, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a piece of P- Peter Parker I'm, pickled. I'm, exactly. <laughs> um. And absolutely. Jews to tom holland because his acting chops are are amazing because he can do that comedy he can do that action and it looks effortless and here like just the pain that you see etched on his face is really good and you know again like you say chris the aunt may That I was not expecting that. That was the that was for me the biggest shock. It was the thing that elicited the biggest emotional response. And I I thought I had had that big response sort of just a few moments before because that there is that moment as when William defer well Norman Osborn um sort of engulfed by the Green Goblin is fighting Peter Parker in the apartment hallway. Mm -hmm. And some of the direction on that was superb. It felt really scary. It felt really intense. And the great thing about it is that, you know, Doc Ock and the Goblin, they are intense. They're really evil. I mean, the Goblin is... He's devious. He mm-hmm. is ruthless, and um, the same with Doc Ock. And it's not to say that Spider Man hasn't encountered those kind of people, but it, it, it is from those earlier films, almost like a different level of these are villains. The you know this yeah. is the black and white villain, but done so well by by the actors, exactly. and exactly. and like it was just like just the the the, the grin and the grimace that mad grin from william defoe as he's fighting peter parker and it feels like this peter parker hasn't experienced that visceral evilness yeah Yeah, i mean he's had thanos i get it but it's all kind of grand scale this is personal it's intimate and it felt it in that corridor and some of the camera work was really cool i loved it really loved it
0: There was one particular scene where they spun the camera as Peter and uh, Goblin are fighting. So I think it's Peter gets smashed into the ground and then he pulls his legs up and pushes and flips backwards Mm -hmm. with the Goblin to to basically essentially land the Goblin on his back or vice versa. But the camera stays with them in center frame. Mm -hmm. So the whole camera spins. Basically, the, the world, the landscape spins yeah. when they stay the same. Yeah. Just...
4: Yeah. Oh, really yeah fun like...
0: Fun. And, but you're talking about the visceral. This fight scene was visceral. Like, yeah. you could hear the punches and the cracks. Mm-hmm. And it's echoed later on as well in, in, in a later, very later fight scene. But it was bone crunching. And... They, they obviously, and the sound direction on this with the certain pulled music pulled way down, the sound effects pulled way up, and the ambient noise.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was drowned. really loud. Well yeah.
0: Just like, almost like that, like, Din. It was all done so there was a din, like the bloods rushing to your ears. Yeah. It
3: almost. Yeah, it almost had the same effect as um, saving Private Ryan on the beach. It was kind of where they yes. moved in and out of the the ambient background noise to the the sound of the fight to what they were saying. And it sort of felt muffled, but at the same time, really intense sound. It was, yeah, it, it was
2: phenomenally good. Yeah, exactly. And that's really to do with how many films have been filmed since they these characters appeared before in Spider-Man movies, how many great movies have been done and uh, how the contribution of the MCU to cinema over the last 20 years since those movies were done allows you to give Willem Dafoe these amazing moments in an MCU movie. You know, he's playing the role again, but completely differently, still keeping the essence of the character, but still being really scary in in, in this movie. Really, really good. Um, I just, last comment really on on the villains is just about... That little extra thing of Electro, I actually thought Electro was given a really good role as the initial villain when we thought Doc Ock and Norman Osborn were kind of teaming up with Spider-Man to sort everything out. We had Electro coming from the previous world where he was a nerd who was treated terribly, ended off as a villain uh, created by (laughs) electric eels in a pond um, and looked terribly. Now he's looking like Jamie Foxx and wants to stay this way and wants to be in this better universe for him. And he felt he felt like a villain stand alone in this movie at the beginning. And I thought I really liked that they set him up as the villain kind of for the first half until we had Norman Osborn coming on as the real villain for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and and,
3: pa- and powered by the arc reactor was just yeah, genius. I
2: loved, idea. I loved that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also the fact we still had the Sandman that we remember from, yeah. uh, from Spider-Man 3, the idea that this is a guy that, will always just try to get back to his family but will be willing to help. He doesn't think of himself as a bad guy. He's still trying to help Peter. But if it stands in his way of getting back to his family, he's going to turn on him, basically, which is the kind of central part of Clint Marco. So I like that they kept that as well. But uh, really well treated, the, the villains in the in the movie. Yeah.
0: 100%. And, and that moves us into incursion number three. A, a, a gaggle of Spider-Man, a soliloquy of Spider-Man, a um, a song of Spider-Man a web of Spider-Man uh, there we go but we'll end with that that was the DLC cuts uh, the outtakes uh, but yes a web of Spider-Man as the incursion number three Um, because Peter Parker is broken by the by the end of act two mm-hmm. and as we lead into act three this Peter is does no know what to do yeah and that's okay. Because there's two other Peter Parkers. <laughs> um, and we haven't mentioned this, but Ned takes the Sling Ring from Sanctum Sectorum with him. So Ned opens a portal to find, uh, to find Peter because his granny said he's always magic. So he's trying and it kind of works. So he keeps going and tries to ask for Peter. And that... That scene where you see Andrew Garfield come through, where it is the the alleyway of New York, where it looks like one of the comic books, where it's Spider Man No More, where he and it's an iconic cover book where it's Peter Parker walking away, silhouetted, and his spider suit is in the bin, and we've seen that. In Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three, we've seen it been done before. It it is a it's been done on film.
2: It's probably the most used image of of Spider Man and every other superhero who's ever given up their identity. That exact same image is used with their costume in the bin. Yeah, it's it's definitely a totally iconic, uh, iconic image. But Ned Leeds, the magic user, come on, welcome aboard, Ned Leeds, uh, on the trail to become Sorcerer Supreme in 20 years. <laughs> because technically he was able to use the sling ring, the ability to open up uh, portals uh, quicker than Doctor Strange was. So uh, yep. I think he's, I think oh, he's got yeah. more, more uh, magic powers than, uh, than he's letting on. This is just the start of them.
3: <laughs> I was delighted for this uh, development. Mm. Um, love Ned and... I'm so glad that he can pull a rabbit out of a hat and use a sling ring. It's <laughs> or or a Spider-Man sl- he from another universe. can sling a spell. Yeah, it's really, really good. Although Ned does say to Peter Parker, I won't become one of your um, net villains. Mm-hmm. And you're just like going, oh, is that too on the nose? Maybe he will. Hmm. I hope he doesn't. Uh, but I would love to see Ned um, be a significant magic user uh. yeah, 100
0: mm-hmm. percent. but like they they focused a bit strangely on his granny's green cloak that she was yeah. sewing and then there was a load of knives on and kind of swords on the wall so there is something i'm sure someone's going to find that he's trying to, who his granny is some spellcaster yeah from the the, M's, the marvel universe maybe or just um, a sword thrower i guess <laughs> or a sword thrower. She could be a sword swallower. Who knows? We're not going to just limit her to do what she does <laughs> with the swords. But based on that, which is very cool, and I'm glad, we find that both Spider-Men have been in the universe. They were pulled in as at the same time, or around the same time as mm-hmm. the other villains, and have been wandering, looking for Peter, trying, being, just their spidey sense of telling them they need he needs them. And basically... We get the introduction of Andrew as Peter Parker, and the very fun. Can you go get that web
4: Mm -hmm. in the corner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Very fun introductions. Yeah. All of that just culminating, and then Toby coming in like this for me was just.
3: It was yeah, brilliant. It
0: was it was so well done. Yeah, and it's just they could have done it so worse. Like it could have been. Uh, campy, it could have been like just, I don't know this was just I think the best way to put it, it was had a bit of comedic elements. it also had that heart, which you expect from the Ned and MJ scenes and then just also you got reintroduced to those two characters uh, or the two characters of those Spider-Men, where and you remember why Andrew Garfield was the way he was, because he has that kind of a bit of a cool Spider-Man. He was still a nerd and a geek and a scientist, but he was always that kind of slightly cooler kind of Peter Parker. And then you get this aged, grizzled Toby McGuire. Yeah, yeah. Who who's been doing this for years? He hasn't aged
2: that much, though, old Toby at all. No, um, I have to say the order in which they introduced them made a lot of sense as well. Introducing Andrew Garfield, so you get that great performance that he gave as his Spider Man and his Peter Peter Parker, you get that in isolation. I think that works really, really well. And then yes. getting Toby Maguire when you think, Oh maybe they actually did get only Andrew Garfield, yeah. which is a great ca- great yeah. guy anyway. Yeah. And then you get even more excited. You know, you mentioned earlier on that Irish cinemas, you tend not to have those kind of visceral reactions that you get in American <laughs> cinemas to to movies. This is the point where I would expect, if you're in a big audience of Marvel fans, that people would be whooping and hollering yes. uh, about, oh my God, they did get Tobey Maguire back for the movie and we've just seen him in here. And they have a great interplay between those two characters on their own with MJ and Ned at this universe. And then eventually we get... A meeting of everybody with Tom Holland. So, uh, so I kind of like that we we get them all in their own isolated uh, forms, I suppose, until they all get to meet together as as the three Spider spider-man
3: I agree. I think that's the great thing about it. They gave um, they gave both Spider mans their moment in this movie, yep. then together as the elder statesman, if you will, of the the franchise. Mm-hmm. And then with the the new kid on the block, so exactly. to speak. Yep. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. I, I have to say, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I have a soft spot for The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. and, oh 100%. And I love it. I really, really enjoyed those movies. And I really liked Andrew Garfield's portrayal uh, of Peter Parker it felt like he was saying you could be nerdy and cool yeah. um, in a sense. And I like the fact that, you know, that they just had, like you say, they had the emotional bang with Garfield. I thought he was just, he, he came across so well mm-hmm. and could take the tongue-in-cheek stuff. I loved all the tongue-in-cheek stuff because, I mean, at the end of the day, not so much with Garfield's, but certainly with Toby Maguire's, you know, they were closer to the millennium. Um, so they're quite old movies at this stage, um, certainly in terms of effects and yeah. all that. And even just, I guess, what they're prepared to do, possibly in these kind of movies, um, as storytelling. And I just love that these guys were up for the tongue-in-cheek aspects, yes. but not to compromise what they did. And in fact, actually, probably just to help magnify it even more. And I was like, for Jews, I, I loved... I have to say, dare I say it, with the gasp of Aunt May's death, which I thought was massive, mm-hmm. the introduction of Andrew Garfield for me was the next big, like sort yeah. of massive thing for me, yeah. if, if not on a par. I, I think
2: this guy's pretty amazing. Well, exactly. Well, the, the, that's how they crafted this movie so well. You have that gasp of the death of, of Aunt May and you get that kind of feeling of, oh, wow, okay, we've got the two Spider-Man coming back in here into this movie. It's, it's that lovely build back up you need to have in a movie when you've just lost a major character that's supposed to affect you yeah. considerably. Uh, I will say I'm not a fan of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but Andrew Garfield was never... The reason for that, Andrew Garfield, he's a great Spider-Man, he's a great actor, really enjoyed him in those movies, enjoyed the villain actors as well, everybody that played the villains. They're just really bad movies, they're pretty much a bit of a mess uh, in comparison to some of the other movies we watched yes. in the MCU. For me, uh, that's just, just that's just my no, side th-
0: it, there's, there's, there's definitely script. there's definitely script and narrative issues in the films.
2: But it's definitely not Andrew Garfield, he is not exactly. the reason, and they really do give him a great opportunity in this movie to talk about his character and his version, his portrayal of him. You know, I kind of think at this point, Spider-Man is getting onto the side of Doctor Who, like we have over here in in Europe, Doctor Who, with many, many people giving their takes on the character. This is is a way in the US of having Spider-Man played by multiple characters. In the same way that Into the Spider-Verse is many, many versions of different Peter Parker's yeah. and how they approach it. Here we get a great some great moments with Andrew Garfield talking about his version of the character, with Tom Holland even talking about his version of the character, and of course with Toby Maguire talking about his yeah, version of the character definitely. and why they're all different and why they all approach life in a different way.
0: And if none of our listeners have ever watched Doctor Who, there's a fantastic one was The Day of the Doctor, where you had multiple Doctor Who's all meeting in one spot.
2: It's their big anniversary episode every every yeah. ten, every decades they have uh, they have one that meets up uh, as yeah. many of the doctors that get together at the same time. And there yeah, was def- there was
0: one where it was it was it, it was brilliant. It was David Tennant, Matt Smith, and John Hurt mm-hmm. as three doctors of all different styles. Still Doctor Who. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Anyway, moving on because the you talked about we had the crushing defeat of Aunt May. We had this woohoo moment with the introduction of the Spider Man. And when they go to find Peter,
4: Mm -hmm.
0: this is the this is the bit where my heart just started to snap, and then was slowly just stitched together with this beautiful dialogue, where you have basically Tom Holland's Peter Parker, like embraced by Ned and MJ, and we get this introduction, you get that scene. You get that glimpse of just the two Spider-Men up on top of the tower mm-hmm. and jumping down. Yeah. And it was just that was so cool. good. And the then this back and forth on with great power was back and forth on that because Andrew Garfield couldn't save uh, his Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. he's been led down a path of vengeance and anger and it's been going on and he's an angry spider-man and he's he's vicious exactly and you get you get toby Maguire talking about his uncle ben death yeah, yeah. and how he still killed that's that, that, that man the man still died yeah uh, and you get all this back and forth on this and you get how these different versions and narratives and designs of the stories of the Spider-Man origin, and how then they, they to a degree, we always joked we've never seen Spider-Man or Tom Holland Spider-Man. We haven't seen his origin. Mm-hmm. We don't need to because this these three films are his origin now, mm-hmm. because they they are the breath Definitely. of his learning to become what at the end of this film is Spider-Man. Like exactly. he is that.
2: Exactly, like people speculate that, you know, oh, I guess Uncle Ben died and told them great power becomes great responsibility. They just didn't want to show that in the Sony universe for the third time kind of thing. But what they're saying here is whatever that moment is that happened to those characters, that's the one that set them on the path that they're on for the yeah. rest of their life. And what happens here in the death of May is going to set Tom Holland's Spider-Man on the path that yeah. he's going to be on for the rest of his life. Um, I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned it there, but I thought it was really interesting that Garfield's version of, of peter parker is saying the death of gwen stacy is what set him on his path yes he lost uncle ben in the same way and that was a traumatic moment for him but the loss of gwen stacy was, was something that pushed him even further down the path that he went on so i thought that was a really interesting way of telling his story slightly differently than what we may have thought of watching those movies um andrew garfield is given so many great emotional moments um, throughout the rest of the movie here, I think he's he's really well served by the script. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of love for him and a lot of love for a lot of love for all of the characters. But I think he's given some great moments. Yeah, uh, definitely. The movie from here on,
3: and I I'm really pleased about that. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Um I think he deserves it, and and so does Tobey Maguire. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I think it he was really good. The only thing with Tobey Maguire, it just felt like since Spider Man three he somehow hadn't been in front of a camera mm. since then. Um, I don't know what it was, it, it, but that was how he did Spider-Man, actually. So it's probably just yeah. that. It's more the recollection, I yeah. guess. Um, and uh, I was also just surprised, potentially, we didn't get more. I, I was half expecting Miles at one stage because of having... Um, well, of having Andrew Garfield's mm-hmm. and Tobey Maguire's, I thought they were going to kind of introduce um, Miles Morales, to be honest. Um, I guess there's rights elements, but nonetheless, I thought him, there's you know there's Ben Riley as well. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, where are they going to stop with this? But I'm actually glad they kept it to that
2: core three. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like we mentioned the kind of meta-commentary of uh, Tom Holland becoming a really famous person in the world. Coming out of you know being in stage plays, he was in Billy Elliot and on the West End, and then became Spider Man and has exploded across the world. That's kind of the meta commentary on his Spider Man. I really liked that they incorporated Andrew Garfield's experience, which was he was a massive fanatic. He absolutely loved Spider Man. He turned up dressed as Spider Man um, at, at some at, at some uh, comic conventions, kind of showing off how much he loved the character. And unfortunately, just just due to um how much pressure was on the character and how much pressure Sony were putting on him at the time, it ended off not being a great experience for him. And that's how his character feels in this movie. It feels like he didn't he doesn't have the excitement and joy of being Spider Man. And I feel like he comes out of the movie with a bit more of that excitement and joy, taking yeah. that on board from yeah. Alan, I Absolutely. kind of like that they incorporated that in the story. It's a tough thing to to stick some real life experience into a movie, isn't it? But I think they did a really good a really good job on that. And I know, uh, I know, we we did joke really about Tobey Maguire oh, yeah. feeling like he's feeling like he hasn't acted in a while because of his version of Peter Parker here. But that actually plays in quite well with the experience that Tobey Maguire has had. He's very well remembered yeah. for that character, but. He's been in Oscar nominated movies after Spider-Man. You know, he's had a career after Spider-Man. Yeah. Um but that's all he's really remembered for. That was his time in the uh, in the marquee cinema, let's say. Yeah, Back exactly, the day and, exactly and you know he he has moved on. He has done other work since then, but I think it works for his character to be someone that feels like they haven't been on screens, not the kind of meta meta piece they feel like they've yeah. got built into his character in the movie. But absolutely love this, and love the idea of having it just kept to those three. You're you're entirely right, John. There's hundreds of other versions we could have had. All the versions that we saw in the Into the Spider Verse, uh, exactly. We could have brought those all into live action. Spider Pig could but, have uh, oinked his way through the the multiverse. Yeah. But I would have loved a little uh, nod to Nicholas Hammond, our, our 70s Spider Man. I would love if he just uh, popped in there at some point yeah. uh, as well. That would have
0: been am cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad they kept it to the three because it just it, it, it was perfectly timed for yeah. who, who this was and what the, 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 the story was. But then we get the Science Bros. Yes, we do. Which, God, I love this scene. It was just <laughs> so much fun. Mm hmm taking this for a second take out the ned situation right because ned's ned's all. Oh, have you got a guy in the chair have you got a best friend and me and it's like no my best friend turned into a villain mm-hmm. you're like oh my god <laughs> and like because uh, for comic book or non-comic book fans the character of ned leads becomes a hobgoblin in the mm. comic books although in the the Ned from the MCU is more of the ganky from uh, the Ultimate Universe. Miles Mar- Mar- Morales' best friend. Exactly. Uh, yes. So he's a bit of a mix, but he he won't become a villain. He's in, He's now on the path to become a Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> um, but this Science Bros moment was great fun yeah, yeah. because you got the reenactment, and this is where I giggled. I actually audibly giggled a bit. Was the the Peter Parker? No, my Peter, no, the Peter, the, the Peter, other Peter, Yeah, we're all Peter Parker, <laughs> just <laughs> this back and forth, which was just a nice narrative version of the, the meme of three Spider-Man pointing at each other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was just a fun take on that and it worked. It worked really well. And then you got the weird webs and I was wondering if they'd address this. Which is your body just makes them?
3: Yeah, that was like cool. I love all that.
0: this coming out, all these little.
3: Does it come out of any other
0: place? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. So because good. that's the, that's all the stuff that we've had. Com- I know we've had these conversations between we have, the yeah. three of us ourselves, yeah, asking about like when we went through the Spider-Man films before and we talked about the organic webs. Mm-hmm. We've asked, Haha, maybe webs from somewhere else. Like it was so <laughs> on the nose, tongue in cheek. But it was also, and it's one of the things the MCU does well, when these writers for the MCU come in, they pull in a lot of the conversations that the actual viewers themselves are having. Absolutely. And embed those into the stories. And
2: well done for them this year to put out a show like What If, which every single episode was talking about that every possibility you can imagine is out there in a multiverse. So the idea that we have got a Spider-Man that creates webs internally in his body is a possibility so therefore that's part of the multiverse you know they they set it up really well uh, for people to understand it uh, in these movies but yeah great to have them all together great to have yeah. the side spurs together um and Great to have them all teaming up together versus all the villains in our incursion number four, the battle of the va- brand new Statue of Liberty. Uh, do you guys know that, we, that I had to actually edit out uh, a piece of feedback that we got uh, for Hawkeye during the week because uh, there was a mention in Hawkeye this week of uh, from Yelena Belova where she says she wants to visit the brand new and approved uh, Statue of Liberty, which is a reference to, uh, to this movie. It's a reference to Spider-Man. And I love the, that they kept the references in the, in the movie as well. We heard a radio conversation going on where somebody was... Complaining about this brand new and improved <laughs> Statue of Liberty. There's a conversation going on going, why are they attaching the uh, Captain America shield to the Statue of Liberty? So uh, so that's all in there. I love that that's in there, but I yeah. did have to edit it out of our, of our Hawkeye podcast um, because I didn't want to spoil anything for anybody because all the jokes work in here and all the uh, surprise appearances work in here. So uh, really good, but a great location. We had this location used in uh, X-Men, if you remember, uh, yep. the battle uh, sequence that happened in there in the first X-Men movie. So uh, returning back to Statue of Liberty, but slightly changed uh, for for Spider Man.
0: And one interesting thing on the statue, um, time wise, it I, I this the end of this film is at is at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's winter and it's snowing and everything like that. Um, and that's where we are in Hawkeye. So the actual destruction of this statue of Liberty happens before Christmas, before Hawkeye. Mm. So. We do now know that the shield is put back up on well, the yeah. Statue of Liberty by the hard time by Christmas. So <laughs> just as I just a nice little was like, oh, that's funny. Well, the thing um,
3: that I was thinking as well was that you didn't have you didn't have all the shanty boats uh, around the base of it. They like they should the have the mouse, yeah? No, it's mm-hmm. dreadful. They've like, evicted these these people that have been like shantying around the the base of.
0: And for anyone Ellis wondering, Island. that's the end game reference where we saw where back in end game you had lots of shanty boats all around Ellis Island.
2: Well um, you'd hope that the world would return to a little bit more normality now that the world has been restored. So people have been returned to the earth. So all those people living in Shanty Boats hopefully will get their homes back. <laughs> so that's that's possible. <laughs> you
3: will happen. not live here.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but but the battle itself that takes place here between the three Spider-Man versus the villains, I love how this is set up and really makes sense in the storytelling that, you know, they kinda leave the big villains of Toby Maguire to Toby Maguire. They kinda leave the big villains mm-hmm. of Andrew Garfield to Andrew Garfield. Um, you know, I I think that's a that's a really good way of doing it with tom holland jumping in and out and helping them out and 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 helping to fix the ones he created like in this case electro is considered his villain because he's got the arc reactor so yeah so i love that they separate them out that way for it just to give us a a a good shot of each of these characters as their spider-man doing their spider thing great. i mean
3: except at the end you know they leave it to um Peter Parker number one, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, because they are ranked as they well. Do. They, they do, do rank actually them, yes. rank them. Um, Toby being number two, mm-hmm. and then Andrew number three. But um, that because of Norman Osborn, Green Goblin killing Aunt May, mm-hmm. that it is left to this universe's Spider-Man to to deal with. Um, the Green Goblin. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because, again, it, it's back to the point of seeing um, Tom Holland, just how visceral, desolate he was and mm-hmm. how he portrayed that. And there is a sense of, like, is he going to kill him? And you know that that's not the case, but he really sells it. And and then you get the cure coming in where he cures him mm-hmm. to, to get this sort of regretful, quivering... Norman Osborn. Um, So I really, really enjoyed just how that played out. I thought it was really cool.
0: For me, what really just made my heart sing was the three of them swinging in, Mm -hmm. where you had the three of them swing, land, and then go. And it was just all of them in their, their versions of their iconic poses Absolutely. from the comic books, for, sorry, from the films. And just, again, seeing them. Because you just also got this family discussion. I always wanted Absolutely. brothers. Yeah. And this, we're just like, you're you're like, all right, let's do this. And then the first thing happens and they all get their ass whooped.
2: Well, yes, but there are two great things that come out of those conversations. I absolutely love the fact that they all admit that they're used to working alone. So they're not very good at teaming up with yeah, anybody yeah, else. Yeah. That's great. And I love Tom Holland's the one that takes the lead on that. His his version of Peter Parker has worked with the Avengers, remember? And, and the response of, who's the Avengers? What, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, great fun. Love that they incorporate that. I love that he's been a part of the team so he knows how to work in a team and, and teaches them, just follow my lead, and we all take out you know, left, right and center, you know, it all, it all works really well. But the other great moment as well, when they're kind of comparing experiences, I absolutely love that with, uh, with Tom Holland saying, you know, I've been to space to fight a space monster. Um, Tobey Maguire going, a space monster came to earth to fight me. And Andrew Garfield going, I've never fought anybody in space. I've never gone to space at all. I'm I'm a terrible Spider-Man. I'm not even on your level. And Tobey Maguire saying the iconic, but you're amazing. You are, you are Amazing. Yeah. Love it. Love it to incorporate it into that yeah. world. Really, really good. good. Really good.
0: I just I, the whole thing was just fantastic. But we see the, the, the beatdown. The beat down happens. They get they get they learn their lesson to trust in each other and trust in their spider sense. Everything starts to work together. We see Ned come in, we see MJ come in. The the plan kind of starts to work. And it does work then. Mm. And the reintroduction of Doctor Strange. And then it, it's all He's going been stuck great. Stuck in
2: the mirror dimension for hours, And yeah. days on end. hanging Doctor upside down. down. Mm.
0: I did like how Peter managed to essentially use math to stop Doctor Strange. Yeah, that, was that was that was pretty
3: cool, actually. Yeah. That was that was a nice nerdy thing to do. Yeah, I love it's that.
0: Like, oh my god, it's just geometry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it kind of all culminates in the the end battle, which is Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it won't happen. This is the one where Tom Holland should get at least an Oscar nom, Academy <laughs> Award nom for <laughs> his <laughs> role as Peter Parker. Be, it won't happen, but like you can see the yeah. emotion and the like the the the. T- <laughs>
2: That's not gonna happen. John's still laughing because he knows academy members do not sit through fifteen <laughs> minutes of genre movies. There's no way they would. get Oh to yeah, the no, end it will never, movie. it will not never happen. But
0: chance. like, because the overall just intensity and passion and emotion on Tom Holland's face as he beats down Willem Dafoe, and on top of that, then the sound as the cracks
4: mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: just the choice of the ankles, because it's all. A lot of the shots are taken from below, of say where it would be William Defoe's looking up at Tom Holland as mm-hmm. he is beating down. It's it's like off the of center essentially, but it was just so visceral as it continues. To cut, cut, mm-hmm. and then taking the glider mm-hmm. and replicating the death of the goblin from spider-man one on being basically impaled on his glider yeah taking that as like and then seeing Maguire step in just this again for me it was just uh, guys i know i'm just i'm gonna continue just kind of gushing saying gushing on this film because it was just that it was seeing like toby going no you can't do this you can't take that next step you can't take your life
2: exactly and it's not just of course a reference to spider-man one it is that's how aunt may was killed was because of lighter hitter. so um so he is using the weapon that killed aunt may yeah. to try and kill green goblin It would have pushed him over the edge but um but yeah you're right that is a, a it's a great moment a great ending to all of these battles and dr strange coming back um to this world to basically close down the possibility, close down everything and send all of them back to their, uh, to their respective multiverses is how the big CGI extravaganza ends. Let's say, um, yeah. at the end of this movie. Um, I love how much, Stephen Strange cares for Peter Parker. I love that that's yeah. incorporated into the movie. You know, he's, he's considered to be, as we've always said, a very arrogant kind of character that doesn't have very many friends. Um, but I love that they did incorporate the uh, respect he has for Peter Parker for doing what he does.
3: Well, that's it. I mean, I think it's, um, I, I, what's really nice here at the end is with between Stephen and, and, uh, Peter is that you had the running joke of, him saying, you know, Peter calling him sir, and he goes, "No, call me S- Stephen." And it's like, yeah. i no, that sounds strange." And and Peter calls him sir again. And it's in this moment, um, despite the fact that he has, yeah, he's been locked away in a mirror dimension for quite a while, and um, because of math, um, you know, he 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 comes here and he says, "You have Peter saying." Sir, and he's like, "No, call me Stephen." It still sounds a little strange, but call me Stephen. And I, I mm. think this is that point where you probably have that closer relationship. Well, yeah, and that you would have seen in in the animation, for example, and you would have gotten from the comics and so on. But it, I think, this is. For me, it's just, I'm always like so happy when I see these two characters together yeah. because, A, they're both, you know, my. Judge Strange, me. my favorite, but Spider Man, you know, is, is absolutely up there. I love it, it, it really just reminds me of just how phenomenal Ditko was. Yeah, and yeah. To, to effectively, these two characters, in effect, are kind of like both extremes of the spectrum in many respects, in terms of age, in terms of, you know, one's a medical doctor, one's a, a school student, mm-hmm. but they both have this idea of of of, of learning and, and all this kind of stuff that kind of is where they, they go, because Tom Holland is that personal guy. It is that Stephen is much more detached, but they kind of come... Together because they deal in the neighborhoods and they're both people that are looking to learn and learn about themselves. And having that little moment on top of um, uh, the Statue of Liberty Mm -hmm. really just felt like it brought that connection. Um, together for these two Ditko characters, I really, really loved it. Actually. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And the, and the the reason why it was brought together is is even more important. The idea that effectively Strange was saying, send them back to their universes, and and fate will take its it w- will take its way, and they will all be dead. But the fact that Peter chose to save them, to use his knowledge and the knowledge of everybody else around him to save all of these people who had this terrible end through no fault of their own, through falling into a vat of eels, for example, or <laughs> uh, or getting sprayed in the face by uh, by a gas, you know, he was able to save every one of them and the respect that comes yeah, from exactly. Stephen for him making that decision and following through and finding another way around something that Stephen wouldn't have even considered is what I think yeah. has developed that relationship between the two and I think that's that's a really important character development between the two of Definitely. them specifically, I, again, as Steve did co-creations, creating that kind of balance between the two of them that's and, uh, it giving them something to to have some respect between
3: doctor two. strange would be happy that he was foiled by math you know yeah, well, yeah. that that's the thing he he would think for jews and mm. um, so i that yeah, was really nice yeah, yeah. Really the it. other
0: thing that very much defines these two characters is the growth through personal sacrifice mm-hmm. yeah so we see it with Strange and Clea, and we see it with his all his love interests and all of his hands, and it, the, every time Doctor Strange has to have a massive learning, there's some form of sacrifice, and it is the same with Peter Parker. Yeah. And it is solidified in this last few minutes of this film. Yeah. Like, the decision of Peter Parker, Tom Holland, do it. Everyone must forget Peter Parker. Peter Parker is no more by the end of this. And that taking that choice mm-hmm. is just... If you had have asked me on an ending and gave me a multiple choice, this was, would have been always the last one I would have chose. Because the, the odds... You're essentially wiping Peter Parker from the MCU.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: To a degree. You're keeping Spider-Man, but yeah. Peter Parker, uh, uh, in who he has been to date... And his involvement with everyone, Spider-Man's still there, but his involvement as Peter Parker is no more. Exactly. As of right now.
2: Exactly. And isn't that great? It just yeah. takes it back to a personal story. I and mean, his personal experiences. It's absolutely horrible for Peter Parker. His girlfriend doesn't remember him. His best friend that's been around all his life doesn't remember him. Uh, Happy Hogan doesn't remember him, as we see later on. So anybody that he's had an interaction with as Peter Parker doesn't remember him. But they will remember the hero that is Spider-Man. Yes. They will remember what he did for the world within Endgame and within uh, all the rest of the of the movies and all the rest of the things that he's done, but they just won't remember Peter Parker. Um it's really interesting because again, if you bring it back to the that personal story of the moving on from high school, moving into college, you're moving into a new world where you may not know anybody at all and nobody knows you. You're you're moving from being a big fish in a small pond sometimes to being a small fish in a big pond. And that's effectively what's happened to Peter Parker. He's moving out. He no longer has his Aunt May. He's no longer living in the apartment. No longer has a connection to Happy. No girlfriend, no best friend. Yeah. And he's moving back in, as you pointed out, Chris, after we watched the movie, back into the apartment that Toby Maguire's Peter Parker had back in Spider-Man 1. He's moving into this uh, really small apartment in uh, in New York. So yeah. um, on his own completely anonymous nobody knows who he is and definitely nobody knows he has a connection to spider-man so i really like this choice and it can be confusing because it feels quite similar to what the original spell was let the world forget that i'm spider-man was the original spell this one is let the world forget who peter parker is massive sacrifice yeah but a different spell
0: (laughs) yeah it it, it was the only way because i'm assuming the same spell can't be done twice so it was kind of this okay so just Forget and it. just that level of sacrifice that goes on where he's like, I'm going to find you guys and I will remind you guys. And then that choice, which is no. So with this great power comes a responsibility. I can't keep putting my friends in danger. I can't have the guy in the chair. They're level setting Spider-Man to the comic book Spider-Man, where it was always Spider-Man. Later on, MJ... But it was always that duality of Peter Parker and Spider Man. There were yeah. two characters of the same person, but two characters different. Batman and Bruce Wayne. It was right. they. They were separate, yeah. and that's what we're going back to. And essentially, at this, we get a brand new suit, which we barely see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We saw. We see it to a degree, but it's dark, and I'm like, hopefully, we get a better version of it. Um, but they're they're essentially restarting. What we assume, potentially, when all the contracts and all the behind the business work is done, they're going to have a new new era of Spider-Man where he's out, he's no longer, he can join the Daily Bugle as, uh, essentially, a photographer. They can take some of those cues of the old Spider-Man and bring him in because he is now... He's we can get a Gwen Stacy, we can get all these other, like, yeah, they can do all these other things. And the reason this is important to me is because I was pretty sure that this was the end, right? Like, I thought we were going to get a hiatus for another five, six years mm-hmm. of Spider Man because I thought. Alright, what they'll do, they'll need to wait for the rights, they'll need to figure something out, brand new team, spin it all up again, brand Mm -hmm. new Spider-Man, can't have in the MCU, blah, 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 because it's just too convoluted. The joy of this is they've level set, they've reset everything, like, bar Spider-Man. But the the, bar Spider-Man being Spider-Man.
2: Exactly. And that's what I love about this. This gives them great opportunities to do whatever they want to. They can do a movie where it's Spider-Man not in the MCU. They can do a movie with Spider-Man in the MCU. No problem at all. The personal relationships is the big thing. And really what this gives an opportunity for is Zendaya, who is absolutely massive. Her own TV Uh show, her own production company, where she doesn't have to return for another Spider-Man movie. Not saying she doesn't want to, but she has the opportunity to move on from this if she wants to. And Sony can do whatever they want with this character, whether that be in the MCU or not. But it gives them so many great possibilities. <laughs> um, that's exactly where you want to be with someone, especially as loved as Tom Holland is as this character. You want to give yeah. them opportunities to do whatever they want to. So uh, so I like that. We don't. This is a trilogy, definitely. And there may be another trilogy in the future uh, featuring the character played by Tom Holland. It may be just MCU appearances or maybe something completely separate <laughs> from crossovers of all the other Sony movies. But I love, I love this choice.
0: I, I, we were, just before we started recording, for me, there was this rumor for a year, for a while, that this would introduce, this film would introduce Ben Riley. Ben Riley is a clone of Spider-Man, who currently is Spider-Man in the comic books. Um, but he is a clone of Spider-Man that is the that kind Scarlet Spider. I thought, and it was a rumor that he was going to be in this. I didn't believe it. And I actually think that the rumor got it slightly wrong. I think at the end of this, you have no more Peter Parker. I think the next film you could see Peter Parker, Tom Holland, saying his name is Ben Riley, maybe, and like maybe. using that because Riley was there was a whole rationale reason why it's Ben Riley. But yeah. I think that's where they got mm-hmm. this that this rumor came from.
3: I think it'd be really good if that was the case, because again, as well, it's the connection with Uncle Ben um, yeah. and and so on. Like yeah. it, 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 feels really natural um, that and quite a nice way of establishing um,
2: that. The new next name. trilogy, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why you'd need to though, because his name's Peter Parker. Nobody remembers who Peter Parker is, so why would you change his name? It's exactly well, the same as him calling himself Ben Riley. <laughs> Nobody knows. True, sure, there, there is
0: multiple Chris Joneses yeah. out there in the world. Exactly. Well, actually, oh, for now, because we we are much like Highlanders, mm-hmm. we have to kind of keep battling until there is just but just one of one us, one Chris by Jones, by and then I have all, all that power. Well,
3: that's it. The one thing I was wondering about the spell is: does it also like lead to the written word? In that, there's this entire school going. Who who's Peter Parker? Yet yeah, they've got a record on him.
0: They probably it probably will. It's magic. It, you see, like the 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 written word just disappears like ash.
3: Yeah, there could be that element, like in the you know historical
2: record of library cards or whatever. I don't know, but if I mean, you want to know a little bit more about how that works, I recommend you go and read um, the brand new series "Devil's Reign" in uh, from Marvel, which uh, which kicks off with a story about uh, Kingpin and a character who has wiped themselves from other people's well, memories. That is so true. Uh, that does tell you how. Um, the written word is dealt with in the MCU when someone's... Oh, nice. Uh, someone okay. is, ...is wiped from, uh, but, from okay that. So, yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, that exactly. one. Don't that want to spoil it. Yes. You, you guys have a read. It's only brand new. The first issue's just come out, I have out it last it. week, but it's really, really good. And John obviously doesn't even remember because it's got wiped from his memory by Doctor Strange. <laughs> I have read that comic,
3: so there is that way. But again, I just thought that was mine. I, I hadn't caught
2: how the, the written form was... Dealt with. I will tell you after the podcast. guess uh, no point in spoiling a book that's only just come out. Uh, first, exactly, just came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, and a brand new book with lots and lots of connections going on, but a really good, uh, really good tie-in, really to uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home as well. Um, will we talk about just some of the post-credit scenes, just some of the extra things uh, that <laughs> please happened in the do?
0: Movie? So the very first one, it's Venom. This is how we get the Venom in the MCU. Great Tom Hardy performance again as Eddie Brock and Venom. Just being those two people, it's huge amounts of fun. And then he's zapped back to his own universe. We'll get it, we'll, we'll understand why in Venom 3, uh, or kind of one of the other multiversal ones. Mm-hmm. But a piece of the symbiote uh, is left behind. Yes,
2: a really interesting one, isn't it? Um, that, again, could lead to something in a Spider-Man 4, I guess. Uh, that, that could turn into the Venom suit, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that's very much because it was int- it was very interested in Peter Parker mm-hmm. at the initial part and the Spider Man. So interested to see where that goes. And it's a nice one. It's just it will probably be something small. Yeah. Um, and we just then get a new Venom.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. and weirdly ties in with uh, Venom that there be carnage um, because yeah we haven't seen uh, Tom Hardy and Tom Holland in any movies together. So it's yeah. interesting how it ties in there.
3: Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. It was good fun. The yep. first post credit. I uh, really enjoyed it. Loved Tom Hardy as Venom. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, well, not but whatever his name is. Um. But yeah, really, really uh, enjoyed that. Was
0: good mm-hmm. The fun. lethal protector. But then we get the second one, and I am not going to take this. I've just gushed <laughs> for the last hour and a half about my massive film. John, do you want to tell us about the the, the, the second post-credit scene? Uh, I wasn't
3: expecting it, to be honest, at all. I mean, I was probably expecting a a second post-credit, but Mm -hmm. effectively getting Multiverse of Madness trailer uh, Uh in here. Um, And I I think the big thing for me is the notion that it's not Wanda that, causes it um it seems to be that things continue to develop after the end of this movie um, and you, you you have actually that's that nice little sequence of um steven strange walking through saying i wasn't expecting this um and I'm actually going to wander for advice. Uh, she seems yeah. to be in a pretty good place, to be honest. I think she's picking apples or or whatever Scarlet Witches do. I guess mm-hmm. maybe it's the poisonous apple, um, or something. <laughs> and or or it's, or it's you know leg of frog and tail of newt or whatever that she's core of uh, apple. you know core <laughs> of apple. So that was really interesting surprise mm-hmm. for me. I am so pleased that um, Strange uh, Supreme was in there from What If? Um, yes. Or it seems like him anyway with the, the muted colors. Mm-hmm. Um, because with Sam Raimi on board, his horror pass, it just felt nicely dark, muted, yeah. um, atmospheric. And Mordo with dreads was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good to see um, Mordo back as well and we do get the one eyed monster um with his tentacles. Are these the ones that we've seen in What If? Yes. Um, yes. The
0: answer is yes. It, it,
3: <laughs> exactly. You you do wonder um is uh Shemura um, the this tentacled pretty powered and pretty hefty magical being in the world of strange. Mm-hmm. So You know, potentially, uh, I really want to see just how they use this. Because, I mean, it's an odd creature. How would you get that across to audiences? Is it going to be played, you know, tongue-in-cheek, a a, a bit like we've had in this movie, in in a good way? Or is it going to be some kind of serious, serious threat? But it, it seems like Mordo is part of this. Interestingly enough, though, it is Mordo with dreads. And I was saying that's cool assuming it's the same mordo from mm. that universe because he is with strange supreme who is from a different universe Maybe, so yeah. this is the other great thing about it i'm kind of looking at characters going oh it's awesome mordo with dreads um you know he's grown them out and i'm going but this could just be a completely different universe he might not even be seeking to reduce the number of sorcerers on the planet because yeah. it could be a different Mordo with a different <laughs> reason for
2: being. I love it. We have learned nothing from the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. We, uh, we we are still going to speculate on a trailer for a movie out in a year and a half's time uh, even though a, a a wink was cut out of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and changed the entire uh, entirety of the, con- of the concept of what we thought was going to happen for Doctor Strange. But we'll still speculate apparently.
0: <laughs> oh, it is 100% because my speculation is that they're pulling in all the different Sorcerer Supremes, that the, like, yeah. and essentially Mordo is Sorcerer Supreme in his universe. Uh, the, the Sorcerer Supreme is uh, the, the evil Doctor Strange is his one. So they pull him in. They're pulling in multiple different uh, the, the sorcerers in order to try and save the multiverse. All Multi- the different.
3: But the interesting thing, if there is a continuity there, well, then currently. In Strange Supreme camp. is looking after and making sure that the end of the multiverse doesn't actually happen mm-hmm. from Ultron and from uh, Killmonger. Mm-hmm. So, is it even him? Um, I you, don't know. And this- or are we going to get a really nice little thing where, in a mirror dimension, there's going to be two little characters? fighting it out or suspended because that would be really If quite they awesome.
0: do that, I want to hear the, like that really high pitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or it could just be a wonderful way to reintroduce Killmonger and Ultron back into the universe. That'd oh my be kind God. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any final notes uh, to go through for the episode, guys? None for me. I think we have to make reference to the fact that MJ falling off the building um, which in the trailers felt like this could be the Gwen Stacy moment for... Uh, Tom Holland this could be the fact that his girlfriend dies and he can't save her and that she is saved by Andrew Garfield in that in, in that scene oh. another great emotional moment for uh, for the Andrew Garfield version of Peter Barker I thought that was fantastically done as he jumps out from beneath uh, Tom Holland who couldn't have saved MJ I thought that was a great scene uh, we just didn't get the chance to talk about it in the episode anything else?
0: Uh, very quickly just the um, figures that are in the sky during the incursion um, at the end uh, there's a hundred people there like I there's silhouettes abound uh, we did not have our phones during the screening and <laughs> could or, or at the end of the to we would have
2: been filming the, the no uh, the movie, sorry of course. excuse me <laughs> I did not mean filming
0: in to take a note of kind of so there are probably additional notes as well and there's Easter eggs galore in this film right, i thought
3: one was an ostrich it had a very long neck
0: no but that we we figured this out after <laughs> the screening that it wasn't a long neck it was a staff mm-hmm. But I think there was a load of different. There was definitely some winks and nods to other Most multiversal definitely. characters. Most
2: yeah. definitely of winks course. and nods. Absolutely, absolutely, and and the fact that we did get a reference to Wandavision, the actual TV show from uh, from Doctor Strange mentioning Westview to um, to uh, Wanda in the trailer for uh, Multiverse Madness. The the fact that we do get possibly the Sorcerer Supreme from What If? Um, it does make me think that. That, what we were seeing up there when people get the chance to pause it, when they have it at home on home viewing or have seen it 10 times in the cinema, um, those are going to be characters for, that we may have seen in What If or in the, yes. in, in in Loki uh, that will appear there. I'm sure I saw Ice Giant Loki uh, up, in, up there in the sky, but it was up up there for just a couple of seconds yeah. and we couldn't pause it in the cinema. Yes. Yeah. The rest of the patrons <laughs> were very. Like, oh boy,
0: projector man, can you stop it for a second? Yeah,
2: Pac Man was there.
0: But there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fellow defenders, and everyone in between. We have come to the end of this podcast because we have to do one more thing before we get to feedback. Derek, do you defend Spider-Man No Way
4: Home?
2: Yep, I absolutely defend it. Fantastic. Best of the live-action Spider-Man movies and almost up there with the Spider-Verse as the best of the uh, of the Spider-Man movies so far. Absolutely loved it. A great send-off for Tom Holland if it's the last of his Spider-Man movies, but also a great platform to have more Tom Holland <laughs> Spider-Man movies or more MCU <laughs> Spider-Man movies. Uh, really, really good job from the writers here. Excellent.
0: Jonners, do you defend Spider-Man Home?
3: I really do. Loved, uh, Loved this movie. Um, would give it four and a half um, multiverses out of five. Uh, a really, yeah, it's just the it all came together really nicely. Mm. It had the spider guys coming through from their universes, um, which I loved. There was the wham-bam emotional punch of uh, Aunt May, um, and just I think. Tom Holland was superb um, in terms of how he navigated through this entire movie. Thought William Dafoe was chef's kiss. Everything about this, as I say, I, I probably docked it half a mark because, uh, from my own point of view, is uh, it. Just took a while to warm up for me and to get all everything connecting, but I, I just then it it just sprung in and I loved the heart, soul, writing, directing, performing, everything around this. Um, so I absolutely do defend um, *Spider-Man: No Way Home*.
0: Fantastic,
3: Chris. Uh, do you defend this movie? Of course, I do. <laughs>
0: There's no if buts or maybes or um, anything in between. Um, I'd be up there. I'm up there. I am up there. This is my favorite Spider-Man film. Just below Spider Verse, just below. Uh, and I, I say, in any given day, this could overtake or just drop the first. The, it, it's we'll call it almost joint first. But as I'm right now, Spider Verse is still my favorite. Um, just for what it does, the nostalgia factor, the the, the giving each of the different Spider-Men a fitting end and a fitting closure to each of their storylines, even more so than what we got in their previous films with the other two Spider-Men. Um, giving the villains, giving, giving Doc Ock a second um, kind of comeback moment, rehabilitation moment, just beautiful, and for everything else in between. I will still always gasp at that death of Aunt May and everything else. It's going to be tough rewatching. My only hope is maybe a February release on Disney+. Plus, 45 days, maybe. Um, but I, I'd say more than likely it'll probably just end of Feb. Um, they, they may even hold it a bit longer to give it a bit more time in the cinema over Christmas. Um, but there you go. There, those are our thoughts. Good stuff. On Spider-Man, no way home. But do you know what? Some of you have thoughts. And some of you have gone over to facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries to give us your feedback there. First up, we have some feedback from Sandy Resendez who said, can't wait to hear your thoughts. I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people will say it was all fan service. I'm here from that. I never expected Andrew and Toby to be in there as long as they were. Mm-hmm. And I thought William Defoe was great. He seemed to pick up right where he left off. I loved Spidey's classic costume at the end. Lastly, Matt Murdock. I know it was quick, but it was all I needed. Anyway, I thought it was great. Not sure I'd rewatch this one over and over like I do with the other Marvel movies... But I did really enjoy it, and it was everything I expected and wanted. Yes, I'll take it back, because I briefly went over it. The spider suit at the end, that more luminous blue and kind of the shiny red, just fantastic. Um, And I really just want a better view on that, and I'm hoping kind of in the next two to three weeks, uh, whereas they start to give a bit more kind of additional imagery, because... The, the, a lot of the storylines and everything will have already got out there I, I can't wait to see some of that Andrew pack uh, who is one of the con- con- concept artists on Disney um he will probably release some of because he did work on this one as well i believe mm-hmm. um so he usually after a while starts to introduce some of what their concept art out onto Instagram and stuff and it's beautiful
2: excellent thanks, thanks so much sandy for your yeah. feedback yeah really really good to hear from you and you're totally right I know people might say this movie was fan service, but we're here for that. We're fans, yeah. right? So who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Sandy, for the feedback. Dan Lee says comedy, emotion, action, nostalgia. This has it all. I've seen it twice now, and it's way up there with my favorite Marvel films. The small cameo from Mr. Murdoch was fantastic and made me very excited for a future Daredevil series. The cynical part of my brain is wondering if Sony has made everyone forget about Peter so they can yank him out of the MCU if need be, but I hope that's not the case. I found the Venom tease interesting as they can literally go anywhere with that character now, and the Multiverse of Madness teaser looks suitably nuts with a nice nod to the What If Doctor Strange episode. Yes, indeed, Dan, it does look suitably nuts, does Multiverse of Madness. And quite frankly, with Venom and Tom Hardy, that is equally slightly nuts as well, <laughs> I think. Um but yeah, the the two end credit scenes were just really, really good. I'm there one hundred percent with you um that this has it all um in terms of the nostalgia, the action, the comedy, the emotion, the mr murdoch uh you name it and um yeah it's interesting if if that's the ploy of sony but i guess as partners in this then it's also something that marvel studios would have agreed to in terms of their involvement and use of like doctor strange within the the franchise so um
2: there i guess it's both ways if that's the case yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know I know. Sony probably don't want to be held over a barrel for any much longer if they can possibly <laughs> avoid it as well. Uh, we also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka similar thoughts about uh, the breakup of Sony and the MCU. Um, he says, greetings MIT-bound defenders. The layers of No Way Home began with the title broken down. It means that Tom Holland's Spider-Man has no more solo films outside the Spider-Verse and only one last contracted appearance within the MCU. With Sony and Disney unable to come to an agreement, Spidey's stuck in the former with no way to get home to the latter. The second layer of this is the heavy inclusion of Spider-Verse villains, only a brief appearance of Wong and Doctor Strange, only in long enough to erase the memory of Peter's presence from the MCU. The third is the appearance of the movie, all the visual slickness of Disney's Marvel with the B-movie feel of Sony's Marvel. It seemed to have been written under the instructions to produce a visually interesting legal separation document. That said, it was great to see Mr. Murdoch, especially after Kingpin's appearance in Hawkeye this week. Hopefully this means the way is open for Jessica Jones and Luke Cage as well. With that May dead, due to Peter's lack of good judgement... Team Strange forever, he can now be a properly tragic-storied Spidey. As for the bit of the symbiote left behind, hoping it ends up in Feige's capable hands as part of the settlement. Two symbolically dropped cap shields out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka thanks so much coffee bucket yeah I don't think I saw through that lens at all I was too busy uh, enjoying my uh, my bouncing on my chair at the excitement of having all the uh, spider Verse villains and spider men uh, in the movie as well Um, but I hope when you go and get a chance to watch the movie again you can see it for its own uh, story and what it was trying to deliver in here I think there's a lot more to it than uh, than it just being a separation of Sony and the MCU
0: yeah I I really don't see that I think everyone went into that thinking this Um, I think we wouldn't have got what we got. We do know now post the event, post the premiere and stuff, that there is very high-level discussions happening with the CEO of Sony, for example, uh, and Bob Iger about where they go next. And we do know there is definitely at least one more Tom Holland um, contractual obligation uh, show up. Um, That's probably going to be Into the Spider-Verse 2. But They are talking, Amy Pascal said, they're already high level thinking about a new trilogy. I I think they'll do, if anything, it will be another trilogy and then that will be the end of the Sony Spider-Man, etc, etc. And also, who knows, there might be a Daredevil film in the future. But thanks for the email. Back over on Facebook, we have another piece of feedback from Kelly Resendez who says, This movie was amazing! Pun intended. The story was fantastic, the comedy, the light-heartedness, the emotion and all the feels. The action scenes were some of my favourite of all time. While not my favourite MCU film as I place it maybe top 10 or thereabouts, it is my favourite Spider-Man film so far. The Doctor Strange involvement was not what I expected and didn't add anything to the movie for me other than one of the best action sequences of the film. The fact that we got Matt Murdock was great, and their reaction to his catch was hilarious. No matter what he is doing, I love John Favreau's Happy Hogan. Poor Happy. Yes, very much poor Happy. Like, he is by himself by the end of this. No one... Be- he has Tony's Kid and uh, Pepper Potts, and that's it. And um, There is uh, no one else. He has no Aunt May, and he has no Peter Parker. Thank you so much, Kelly, for that. I believe we're on to our final piece of feedback, which is a voicemail from Steve Brown.
2: Yes, it is. Steve couldn't uh, live Steve in the cinema. So I believe this is from the uh, car park directly outside uh, the cinema after, after just after watching the movie. So let's hear what Steve has to say.
1: Hello, TV podcast industries. This is Steve. And I just came out of Spider-Man No Way Home. And wow, so good. It's going to take multiple viewings. But gosh, so sad. Uh, Aunt May... And then that ending with everybody had to forget him. Like, the the original spell was just to make them forget that he's Spider-Man. Right? So why did it have to be changed at the end to where everybody just completely forgot Peter Parker? Um, You know, because, like, I was thinking he could at least, he still would be friends with Ned because he was friends with Ned before. And he could still meet up with MJ because he still went to school. But there at the end it showed he had the GED prep manual which is the uh, you know general ed- education di- diploma or whatever that uh, people get when they don't finish high school here in the states so uh yeah really good can't wait to watch it again and that uh, i guess it was like a preview for dr strange in the multiverse of madness there at the very last so uh can't wait to hear you guys talk about it and i hope i get this in on time talk to you later oh and that had to be uh Strange Supreme, right? There at the end with the very dark hair and everything of the that <laughs>
2: Yes, it was, we think, uh Strange Supreme at the end. That was very cool, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And um yeah, I think with the GED, I think it's that's where I think. It's like Peter Parker's no more, so he has to go under his new identity and get a brand new education yeah or at least file it out for an education but he's a smart kid he'll he'll do fine it's yeah. all right
2: we're, we're speculating that the reason he had to cast a different spell was because he can't sp- cast the same spell exactly twice uh, yeah
0: or, or some variation games. of that it was that kind of like yeah. you can cast the same one but this one is so broken it has to be different now
2: there's definitely thing. multiple viewings though for sure mm-hmm. um oh god yes absolutely and thanks so much steve for sending in your your uh, your voice bell really good to be directly after watching the movie i'm glad you enjoyed it but yes it it does have a little sad feeling coming out of the cinema as well uh, yeah. at the end of at the end of peter's story Thanks so much to everybody for listening to our discussion of uh, of Spider Man No Way Home, and thanks to everybody that sent in your feedback as well. I know we didn't give anybody any time uh, to get it in, but we do have to get this out as a podcast before Christmas, basically. So, uh, so we hope uh, you'll you've enjoyed listening to us uh, discuss Spider Man No Way Home. But we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about No Way Home. Uh, please email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries, or if you're you're following us for our other podcasts on Wheel of Time or on Hawkeye, you can email us to that same address with your thoughts about either of those two shows as well.
0: Yes. And we are moving into 2022. And you know what that means? We're gonna do a year-in review and what's coming next podcast. So that means we'll probably have that one in early January. Keep an eye on all the socials where we'll put up a time when and kind of when we're gonna be kind of recording it will give you a heads up if you have any overall feedback for any of the shows that we've covered in 2021 or just any general nice thoughts discussions, whatever put it into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com if you like what you heard across any of this podcast or any of our podcasts throughout 2021 or any of the shows, why not head over to patreon.com slash industries where you can support us on an ongoing basis and it will be very much appreciative or if you just want to buy Poor Derek. A bit of coffee because you know what? He's been doing a lot of editing. 100 episodes in a year. It's a bit of a tough one. Head on to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi
2: absolutely and thanks once again for everybody that supported us throughout this year and shared our podcast and commented on us and joined our facebook group and and, uh, and fed back to us all their thoughts uh, about these wonderful shows and movies that we've been covering we will be back in the mcu next year i think uh, the next mcu movie is doctor strange and the multiverse of madness which has been pushed out i think we're we're looking at may uh for that yep. movie isn't that right? yeah that's yep. that's right
0: yes thank you so much for being here and remember spider-man spider-man does whatever a spider can
3: yes thank you so much fellow defenders for joining us lovely chatting with you about the movies uh, speak soon bye bye